0: Welcome to PodCash, the portable professional development podcast from Cash Alumni. Cash Alumni is the fastest growing association of professionals in care, health and education, and we're happy to have you here. This is where you'll hear from specialists and experts from across our network. Here's what's coming
1: up it encompasses physical development definitely emotional personal social as well because they're working with other children and they're all learning this ability to just be and not be thinking too much about what's coming up and i think that's what yoga and and activities that can be planned into a curriculum will really enable natural mindfulness opportunities throughout the day without having to say oh we need to do mindfulness Let's jump in to this week's episode. It's lovely to be invited for the podcast. Um, my name's Yasmin McAdam. I have been working in the field of early years for almost well, coming up to twenty-two years. I'm so excited to be speaking to your listeners today because um, I have a new book that came out. November and it's a book called Mindfulness in the Early Years and it's been written by myself um, with a number of case studies in there from my past students and people that I've worked with in the sector and all about how and why um, early years practitioners um, studying or working in settings can introduce mindfulness into the the setting for themselves for their own well-being and also for children as well and why that's so important and relevant today.
2: That's really exciting Um, and it ties in really well with some of the events that we've done recently about um, like self and co-regulation and so um, I have got loads of naughty questions but I suppose from what you've just said
1: why is mindfulness so important? I'd like your listeners maybe to just to think about when I think of the word mind, mindfulness, what is it? What does it actually mean? Um, it will mean something slightly different to everyone um, based on their experiences of it, of what they've heard about it, about it or any discussions that they've had. But in essence, the the best way to sum up what mindfulness is, it's actually being in the present moment with your thoughts, and having an awareness of what's going on around you without your mind taking you to the future and the past. So it's that lack of time travel that we do when we're thinking about things um, within, our, within our minds. So it's where you are right now, how you're feeling and what's going on around you. So it's a sensory experience. So a lot of the times the way our brains work, they're always running with ideas, thoughts emotions, feelings of what's happened maybe half an hour ago, an hour ago, a week ago, a month ago, or we're thinking about the future. What am I going to have for lunch? What will I do if this happens? And we're creating scenarios. So present moment awareness and being aware of what's going on around you without making any judgments. It's just noticing. So it's it's a skill of the mind to bring yourself to the present moment. Giving that to children, um, to practice on a day-to-day basis and for adults to practice as well through different exercises and techniques really helps. the is, it, it helps the body itself by staying in the present moment. The body learns to become calmer. We start to clear thoughts and all sorts of issues that are going on in our mind and then we're able to think more clearly. And I think that's essentially what mindfulness does. It gives people the ability to come into where they are right now, focus on maybe their breath, maybe on how how they're actually feeling, acknowledging it, and then looking at how they can make positive changes and experiences and build those into their life rather than be flitting from one thought to another. Like, um That's really interesting. So when you talk
2: about mindfulness in settings um, and how that is being introduced, is that more about mindfulness for the children in earlier settings or for practitioners who are working
1: with those children? So that's a really good question. So if if adults aren't in a mindful state, if they're not there present with the children when they're working with them when they're playing alongside them when they're talking to them it's going to children notice so if if an adult is um not really aware of what a child is doing and they they might note they may not notice little um a little change in the child for example if a child is not feeling too well they might might be feeling a little bit tearful something someone has just upset them um if that practitioner hasn't got a mindful kind of status if they're not there fully present and their minds thinking about what else is going on in during their day they won't notice that that child might need a little bit more one-to-one a bit more um Reassurance, or just asking them, "How are you?" Um, so, I, my the book that I've written, the, the main kind of rationale for my book is to really provide early years teachers and practitioners um, with a how to be more mindful in their in their day to day life themselves, um, which will then in turn enable them to self regulate. To manage their own emotions, to be in that present moment situation as as often as they can, so then they are fully present for the children, which is something that we're meant to be doing anyway when working um, with young children. I mean, a lot of people say leave leave your kind of baggage by the door before you enter your workplace and you, and just do your work and get on with it. That isn't always easy to do, um, but if you're aware that by just taking two deep breaths. It's um, just going breathing in through your nose and breathing out just starts to clear the mind. It just brings you to notice your breath. And then all the thoughts that are going on um, kind of shift and clear. And that's something that our brain does really, really well. So there's a it improves cognitive um, function. Um, but if we're overthinking all the time and not paying attention to what a child is saying, As adults working with children, we're not mindful and children will notice this. It comes back to what what does the child need when you're working with children and they need mindful, emotionally available adults. So just understanding how they can just tap into just taking taking a pause is all about if you take people take nothing away from today apart from stop, take a pause, notice how you feel acknowledge your feelings, and then see what you can do to kind of calm yourself down And in some moments. So you slow down. It really helps you bring more perspective into why we do what we do and the whole purpose of it and the fun of it. Because days will be busy, days will be hectic. When you're working in early years, anything can happen at any time. So tapping into some of the tool kits that I've put together in the book, I've done Toolkits for staff that they can practice exercises by themselves. Some that they can do on inset days, and or some they, that they can do in, in um, small groups. And I've also put together uh, some toolkits for once staff feel that they understand what mindfulness is, they can then bring that into their planning for the children. Um, and a simple exercise that a staff member can do is a mindful, a mindful walk. Uh, or or a mindful journey into work so when you're driving into work getting the bus into work a lot of people will pick up a phone or and and start scrolling so that's not being mindful you're you're just kind of the the mind is busy so it's bringing calmness and connecting the, the mind the body and the breath that's ideally how you've then bring yourself to the present moment. And just practicing that one to two minutes a day will really help cognitive function and emotion um, regulation um, and allows the body to come out of what we call fight and flight mode. Um, And it brings you more into a calm restorative mode. Adults can tap into mindfulness for themselves once they feel they have to be on board with this because it's nothing new. You don't have to stop and be mindful um, and go away from your job on your daily life. You can just introduce it through eating a satsuma. So the way you peel the satsuma, I know this sounds very basic, the way you peel the satsuma, how it smells, um, taking a piece, putting it, popping into your mouth and not just going Done noticing the tastes. Those are the sort of things that we don't do enough of. And just doing that occasionally really helps um, the brain and your thoughts to kind of um, slow down, which then releases stress and then enables you to be in the present moment, which then it gives you a better quality of life rather than feeling like you're doing too much. And I think today, if you ask a lot of people, they say, I don't have time to do everything. I don't have time. I've got too much going on. Everyone has got the same 24 hours. We we choose to work the way we do most of the time. If things are getting too much, just taking a minute out. And if you're working with children, you can say you can do it with the children. OK, let's all stop. Look, we're all going to sit. Put one hand on your belly, one hand where your heart is where do you think your heart is and children will start to connect with their body and they'll learn about where's my heart gone and then they start to notice how they're feeling so how, how, how are you feeling that's mindfulness so using words and little techniques like that um imagine if you can close your eyes imagine if you're sitting on a beach right now or you're sitting in your garden or you're sitting somewhere lovely in your in your home um how do, how do you feel? And just allowing children to, to express their thoughts and feelings is a great way to help them stop and, and just and just and just be in the moment. And that is what helps with their well-being. And that helps with them to regulate their own thoughts, feelings, and emotions over time.
2: Um, did your interest in mindfulness come from your own yoga background because i know that you are also (laughs) a practitioner of yoga
1: yes definitely so when i left school i um started working and when you're at school life is very different and then you you join the workforce um and, and i didn't initially start working in early years so i was working in in other other roles um hr is my background so i was working in hr roles and i was enjoying that and then uh, there was a yoga class introduced at lunchtimes for staff which i thought oh yoga and there's a pilates class and i tried them both i found For me personally, as soon as I did yoga, when I finished doing the movements, so in my head, it was all about, oh, you have to get into a position and you have to stay there and it's meant to make you feel nice and calm. I didn't know enough about it at the time, but over the years, what I've learned is as soon as you finish the the yoga and during the yoga, you're in the present moment. So when you've come from wherever you've come from sat down on your mat and a lot of people start to notice changes as soon as they're still um, and they're encouraged through a, a voice or you know someone talking to them softly and gently now come and sit down notice your breath how does your body feel let's do a little body scan those kind of techniques are mindfulness but they weren't called mindfulness so yoga did introduce me to being more mindful so I then took that in my in my work and then when I started working in early years yes there are busy days very busy days and and things going on you can then tap into using that with the children so by doing yoga yoga and mindfulness with children um go hand in hand and it's it links really nicely to the early years foundation stage so people who are planning on a day-to-day basis for children um if they read up and look into what the benefits of yoga, the benefits of mindfulness, they're extremely similar because mindfulness, mindfulness is really um, a, a skill that you develop over time. We can all we all have 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 it within us, but we don't practice it enough. So it's a skill you practice while you're doing your day to day living. Um the meditation, the yoga, the particular exercises are practices and techniques that you kind of hone in and do to support the mindfulness. Noticing your breath, doing things with more awareness. It started to snow here. So mindfully, I've just noticed that and it's quite heavy. (laughs) So It's really dependent on Allowing children to, to be in the moment as much as they can, and then adults working with them will, will, will do the same. So introducing yoga um, exercise sessions in the early in the morning uh, is a good way for children to kind of be in that moment and start to notice their bodies. That it's going to um, impact on holistically in all areas of their development as well. So it's not just a, a standalone component of their well being. It, it encompasses physical development definitely emotional personal social as well because they're working with other children and they're all learning this ability to just just be and not be thinking too much about what's coming up and I think that's what um that that's what yoga yoga and and activities that can be planned into into a curriculum um, will really enable enable natural mindfulness opportunities throughout the day without having to say oh we need to do mindfulness it's there it's there to tap into but you just need the toolkits in the book will provide lots of ideas for activities a mindful walk sitting and noticing the breath um, to, um, eating mindfully talking, having conversations, and really encouraging children to listen. Um, so when people are sharing news in circle time, saying, can everyone really listen and notice what everyone's saying? And then we'll see how that's being kind and listening and caring. That's great. This is podcast brought to you by Cash
0: Alumni. To level up your skills and career, visit our free e-learning resources. You'll find them under the CPD and Best Practice tab of cashalumni.org.uk. That's cashalumni.org.uk.
2: Being mindful of some of our audience, um, I can imagine that some of them are horrified at the idea of adding yoga into their mornings uh, (laughs) for the class. Um, um, The first thing that it's made us think of is that when I talk to people about yoga who don't think that they could be good at yoga, (laughs) is that I explain to them that there's no such thing as being good at yoga, And that it's not about being able to make the shape. It's about how you think about what your body is doing and how you move to help you. And the other thing that it made us think about is that there's loads of different activities that we do, like you were talking about with mindful eating and things like that, Mm. that that might be mindful. I suppose I've never really thought about until now how much i missed my
1: commute to um yeah um so it all depends on how you I, for me it's how how they would start their day um so it, it's getting up um and just showing some having one or two things that you're grateful for first thing in the morning is a, is a mindful way to start your day so for example if i asked you now um when the listeners can have, have a go as well is can you think of something that you're really grateful for in your life? I'll give you like a few seconds. Um, for example, I could say I'm grateful for the beautiful house that I live in. I'm grateful for the the ability to be able to see and to be health and to feel healthy every day. I'm grateful for the food that I have. Once you start to show gratitude and you start your day on a positive kind of Thought space that you're already in that mindful um, position Um, rather than, oh, alarm's gone off. Oh, I'm going to snooze it. Oh, uh, uh, oh no, what's coming up today? I've got so much going on. The the negative thoughts, what happens is our brains are conditioned to have a negative bias. Um, So we tend to think of worst case scenarios. We tend to think of, oh no, 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 I've got this, 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 and this to do. So if people don't have a commute into work, just getting up early in the morning, whatever time you wake up, just have one to one to five things. And honestly, if you put your mind to it, literally, you'll think of my, many more than five because it might sound like, what am I grateful for? It could be anything and everything. The phone that you have, um, your your family, your Dinner that you're going to be eating later on today, the clothes that you that you wear, um, the drink, the warm drinks that you can have as and when you need them, and encouraging children to do the same um, is a is a great way of having a positive mindset, um, which then makes us more grateful. Which, with children in particular, it can impact on their behaviour, it can um, in a positive way because they're coming then from a, a happier, positive mindset just getting up in the morning doing that and one p- lovely exercise that everyone can do that's bringing you into the present moment because it's complicating everything by saying oh, i have to do this i have to do that so we tend to tend to catastrophize um a lot of things that may never happen and and i think th- from my personal experience of working with children and working with early years staff. Um, It's getting them to just think of how they feel right now. We always say, hello, how are you? So it it comes out as a natural kind of statement. How are you? It should enable and trigger people to notice their thoughts and feelings. And that then brings them into the mindful kind of current state. And then they'll either tell you, a lot of people will just say, I'm fine, thanks. That doesn't tell you enough. But if they're not fine, some people say, "Well, well, actually, I'm not feeling too good. or something's not right and then that will help an adult to help a child to talk about their emotions self-regulate and start to build on what they can do to help them and that's where the mindfulness techniques then come in so adults starting the day on a positive gratitude um little list in their head and then what they're looking forward to will give them the positive mindset um, and writing a journal is is an excellent, excellent way um, to clear the mind. And then you have it all written down on paper. And if there are thoughts that have been going on in your head, jot them down. If there's anything worrying you, write it down. The the actual there's a connection when you actually physically write something down. Um, your mind kind of declutters and it comes down onto paper, and it helps clear. A lot of what's going on so adults can use that technique um to journal and there's so there's a lot of evidence showing that that journaling is, is a really efficient really helpful and supportive way to um be more mindful i would suggest buying yourself a little a nice little journal, or making one, um, so you can you can do a digital one, but actually writing down is much more therapeutic, because you're then thinking, and I do this with my students currently, um, so I work currently work in a college um, teaching childcare, and um, my students are 14 to 16 year olds, and they have a lot going on, so they come in, oh I haven't slept, well I'm hungry, I haven't had my breakfast, so from early years to kind of, adolescent age um young adults um there are thoughts going on in the mind we're always thinking uh, we're having 60 to a thousand thoughts a second but subconsciously we think we're we're just thinking the same thoughts every day but we're choosing our thoughts that are constantly kind of reoccurring in the mind so what i an exercise i do with my students is i give them a a blank sheet of paper um and just say to them for the next five minutes, just write down what thoughts are going on in your head. Just put them onto paper. Straight away, they, they, uh, some of them will say, I can't think of anything. And then I just say, don't worry, If it, th- that thought's gone. We're choosing our thoughts. Um, and if you have a thought that's upsetting you, that's worrying you, that's making you feel a bit uneasy, or that's making you feel sad about something, uh, put it down and then what you can do with that thought is come back to it later. So you you can kind of deal with it by just um, emptying it out of your mind. And initially, a lot of of the students that I worked with were saying, oh, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to help me. But over time, what they've started to do is they come in themselves, get their piece of paper and start writing down the thoughts going on in their mind. And it's really helped them now vocalize and talk about them rather than just keep them here because it, once it's on paper, um, it, then we we do it like, like a little exercise that you can just rip the paper up and throw it away. And those thoughts are kind of, if you need to kind of use them, uh, refer to them again, you can do. Otherwise you can just forget about them because thoughts are thoughts. It's not our reality. And I think a lot of, um, children, adults, uh, practitioners working with children, they're thinking and overthinking. And that's something that through mindfulness, they can start to kind of acknowledge the thoughts because the thoughts will never go away. They'll always be there. It helps you stop, acknowledge, and just say, right, why am I having this thought again? Why? What's causing it? And if it's something sad that's happened in the life or there's been a transition or a change, you can then look at how, how am I going to help myself or do i need to ask for help to make me stop having these thoughts and then that through mindful kind of talking and get, having someone listen to you that can really help to kind of move on from those so there's always a way of dealing with thoughts that are going on that that can be quite negative um and in those kind of scenarios there can be very sensitive situations when you're working with children as well and in my book i just I identified the importance of listening to children, um, understanding how they're feeling, because if they're not feeling good, they're not going to learn. So whatever you put out for them, the, the activities that you set up for them for the day, you've kind of, as a practitioner, thought, right, they can do this today. A certain child likes trains, so we we'll put the trains out. You put all, all these things out, but every single day the children will, will make react differently to what you what you set up for them so you have to really observe them notice how they are check in on them and then also check in on yourself as well because if you're not in a mindful state yourself you will not notice how the children are so that's what it kind of brings us back to the whole cycle of when you're working in early years a lot of people say it's an undervalued sector which unfortunately i believe it still is in in this country um but we can make subtle changes within with within settings by having a a good well-being policy for staff um which enables them to um talk about their thoughts feelings and emotions and then from that um supervision um as a process really helps and then introducing mindfulness into their day and allowing them time out to really notice their thoughts notice their feelings talk about it is a good way to resolve, resolve, reduce absence, resolve thoughts going on in their head and stop them from leaving because there's such a big um, recruitment and retention issue within early years at the moment as well, where a lot of people are saying we've got too much to do and we're not getting supported. Um, and I think that's because um, a, a lot of the work. Isn't being recognised. They're not get. They're not. The sector aren't being um, praised. There's a lot of policy and legislation holding, you know, the red tape that's making them feel like there's too much going on. So it's it has to come from the top down within settings. But as individuals, um, having these moments where you stop, think, show your gratitude, do your journaling, um, embed mindful activities with the children and it will start to have a, a very and it's free as well so mindfulness you don't have to go out and buy resources you practice it yourself um, notice how you feel and and it does take time and then use that to implement in with the children into the curriculum and you'll have a, a day where you'll have busy periods and you can have quiet mindful moments as well and children will get used to that because children like routine um they like, um, they'd like to know what's expected of them. So by saying, we're going to do a mindful walk, by hearing those words, they will start to get used to that as part of their routine. And it will encourage them to slow down because they don't need to be on the go the whole time.
0: This is PodCash brought to you by Cash Alumni. For discounts on everything from Apple products to MOTs, visit the cashback page of cashalumni.org.uk. That's cashalumni.org
2: for me on a friday when i finish work if i write a list of all of the things that i still need to get done it's always got a to-do list at the end of the week rather than just carrying them around in my head all weekend beating myself up for not getting all of the things on my never-ending to-do list done if i write <laughs> them down on a friday afternoon it's almost like i can leave them at work and they're still there for us on monday morning when i come back and look at me to do list. I haven't
1: yeah. forgotten yeah. anything and it, it it stops us from having to carry them around with us yeah. um it's almost, yeah it's almost like your energy you, you don't have that kind of scattered energy then of what's what, what what haven't I done what do I still need to do putting it down on paper allows a lot of people um I mean just two or three things and not over listing everything um two or three things that you you'd like to achieve and then once you've achieved them that allows you to um feel like you've accomplished what you needed to do and then move on to so do things in small bite-sized chunks um as a practitioner um and then you fill those achievements for yourself um and working with team members and modeling that is, is really beneficial as well. So just show, sharing that, those ideas with them will have that knock on effect. And again, some of the practitioners, um, that were doing their BA honours at the university that I worked at, I did a session about what is mind, mindfulness. And we actually just practiced a body scan. So we sat together and I said, I'm, all I want you to do is just sit on your chair, um, as you are and just notice which parts of your body are making contact with the chair? Um, so a lot of them like oh, oh, my back? No, not my back, just my my bottom. And just by doing a basic kind of awareness of the body, they were, they were in that present moment. And it's just something that we don't do enough of. So we don't notice how we feel until we have a pain somewhere. So if you suddenly get a pain in the side of your head, kind of think, oh, what's happened there? So you... When We're not grateful for our bodies and thankful for how how healthy we are until something isn't working. Mindful is almost like a preventative way of kind of allowing your body to be stress-free through little techniques. So the yoga, if people don't like to do yoga or think it's about being in certain positions, yoga can be introduced as movements. We're just going to do nice Mm. movements, making stress making stretching um, movements up to the side and down standing sitting or lying down and gentle stretches is is how it can be introduced Um, and then people won't have possibly for example staff preconceived ideas of well I don't do yoga so I don't think I'll be doing any of that so you can just say to children we're going to go out and stretch have a morning stretch Um, and doing that for two minutes What that does is it releases endorphins into the body for the adults working with the children. It wakes up the nervous system. It puts your body and mind and connects everything into a nice mindful space. And people always, after exercise or movement, no one will usually say, oh, I feel terrible after doing that jog, that run, that stretch. They always have those positive hormones within the body which have, have released and calm down their nervous system because if they are were feeling stress, it just brings everything back to kind of, it, cent- it centers them and brings them back into that kind of mindful state. Um, so five deep breaths with the children in the morning helps the child to tap into their breath because we don't notice that we're breathing all day long. It's, a, it's an involuntary kind of reflex action that's going on, allowing children just to notice when you breathe in, where does your breath go? Does it go into your belly? Or where does it it go in? And then children will just say, oh, so when you breathe in, where are you breathing in from? And most of them will then start to notice it's, I'm breathing in through my nose, I think. So let's all breathe in together, let's go. Did you feel your belly lift up like a little balloon? And then you give them these little visualizations and then let's all breathe out. Can you imagine you're blowing out a candle and then children tap in to the that that everyday breath that they're taking, but they're more aware of it, and they learn about body parts, and they learn about slowing down, and it has a physiological um, effect on their well-being without them knowing. And I think it's just all about giving them that ability to be in the moment. And there's. Um, yeah, there's a psychologist, um, well, Dr. John Kabat-Zinn, he introduced mindfulness um, uh, back in the 1980s. And that's where the term has been coined from. So mindfulness-based stress reduction techniques that he introduced to a lot of his patients who were on on medication. Um, they were feeling stress and the medication wasn't really helping or working for them. So he, he used mindfulness-based techniques with them just got them to tap sit down be still be in the present moment and just got them to breathe and notice how they felt and over time what he found was their stress levels started to go down and they didn't need to have all the medication and, and it really helped them with their with their health and their well-being and it's kind of arisen from that and it's been used in the eastern world um, and the western world over the last 15, 20 years. So, people have adapted mindfulness into yoga. They've adapted it into um, their daily lives just through practicing and um, becoming more aware of the breath and being in, in, uh, in the present moment without making judgments about things, um, just noticing, just noticing using the senses. And that really helps um, a child's overall well being, um, supports mental health. Um, which has risen and increased over the years, um, particularly since COVID and the pandemic as well. So there there've been lots of um, um, there's been a big impact on children's mental health um, because they've had to spend more time indoors, not being able to develop their social skills, being around other children. And when they've come back into the setting, it's they've suddenly in this kind of foreign environment all of a sudden. And by getting them to stop notice how their thoughts are, what they're feeling, allowing them to express their feelings has really helped them um, to kind of settle back into a routine. Um, you shared some really good tips
2: and tools that people might use to, to introduce those sorts of things into their own self-care and in their the, the practice in the classroom. Um, is there anything that you wanted to share with our audience that you haven't had a chance to talk
1: A lot of early years practitioners are doing this already so they're more they're more aware already about mental health and the impact it has on their their well-being um so they're being encouraged through well-being policies within the setting to um have more supervisions have more regular supervisions um becoming more reflective and critical practitioners um and look at what it is they need to enable them to to be to do their job better and to feel supported, and what a, lo- a lot of practitioners are asking is um, to have some time out to reflect, to um, to bring yoga, to bring mindfulness, to bring these techniques into into, into kind of staff trainings, um, and then into the curriculum step by step, to then notice the long term we won't notice the long-term impact until the children grow and then until staff start to feel different. But for me it's it's about understanding the benefits of it, which are essentially it's going to increase focus and concentration for adults and for children as well. Um, it's going to ease stress and anxiety. Um, it's going to support social and emotional learning for children and it's going to help practitioners um, to really manage their Thoughts, feelings and emotions as they go into work on a daily basis or work from home, wherever they're working from to do things one step at a time and to be as, in the moment as much as they can um, to really enjoy um, and to do their job in the best way that they know possible and in, in the most mindful way that they know possible.
2: That's great. And where can people find you if they wanted to connect or find out more?
1: Um, they, if the book was published by Routledge, so it's available. Um, it's avail- available available um, to view and to buy um, on the Routledge website, and also on the Amazon.com website, and I think all bookstores as well. So it's available online to order, um, and the what I'd like from from it is um, people to just learn and understand that mindfulness is something that they can just tap into throughout throughout the day, and when they don't think they've got time, is when they most need it. So when you think, "Oh no, too much going on," that's when you need to stop and just take a breath, one pause and a breath. Notice how your mind feels. Notice how your body is feeling. Just acknowledging it, and then stopping clears your thoughts and then you move on and the book will really en- enable them to kind of bring mindfulness as um as a technique that can be introduced into their setting for the children and for their staff and the students in the within the case studies in each chapter did just that they introduced mindfulness um, and then they did some research around it and then they notice that it ha- did make an impact. Um, so positively, it has made an impact on um, how children notice their feelings more, are able to self-regulate. And these are all skills that we want them to learn and develop early on in, in their early years, rather than later in life when they then won't be able to manage their feelings and emotions without adult supports. So if you do that in the early years, as they get older, they can then say, right, feeling really angry, I'm feeling really upset, I'm feeling really tired, how can I make this feeling go? And all feelings pass because our our range of emotions are heightened at certain points based on our experiences, but just to know that by being aware of mindfulness, um, it can enable them to just say, right, I need to pause, stop, reset, acknowledge my thoughts and feelings and then move on from that um rather than just keep going and then everything snowballs um it's just then working out how to then support it because um then adults then feel helpless so yeah so the book can be bought um and if it makes an impact on one setting i've uh, it for me that that it's done its job so there's lots of techniques there that can easily be put into the planning um and age appropriately as well so with mindfulness um you can introduce it in an age appropriate way so with babies you would get them you'd blow bubbles and that kind of helps them notice the bubbles and they're there in the moment just focusing on on what's going on and that can be quite a nice way to just when when they're crying to distract them (laughs) Um, because obviously babies cry when something's not not right in their lives because they can't communicate it um, so, adults can try different techniques. They're just blowing bubbles with babies is a good technique for being mindful.
2: <laughs> that sounds like a, a magical way to distract somebody for sadness.
0: Thanks for listening to Podcash. If you enjoyed it, please follow or subscribe on your podcast app so you never miss an episode. You can also watch many of these conversations by heading over to cashalumni.org.uk and going to the CPD and Best Practice section of the site. That's cashalumni.org.uk.